2: Welcome to The Dive, the podcast that asks who said business news needs to be all business. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. We've reached our final episode of 2023 and what a year it was. Inflation and interest rates, miracle drugs to record-breaking sports contracts, AI to CZ, there was so much that happened. Today we're recapping the year that was and to do that we're bringing in the whole team at Equitymates to share what they think were the biggest business stories of the year. It's Friday, the 8th of December. And today I want to know what were the most important stories of the past 12 months? Kicking it off today, we have the co-founder of Equity Mates, It's Bryce Lesky. Bryce, what story are you pitching to me today.
0: Well, Sasha, I don't think there was any bigger story in 2023 than inflation and interest rates.
2: This afternoon, the Reserve Bank lifted the nation's cash rate by 25 basis points.
0: We acknowledge that today's decision
4: is incredibly difficult for a lot of people.
2: What do we need to know?
0: So at the start of the year, inflation was high across the world. We had Australia at 7.8%. The USA was at 6.5% and the UK were at a staggering 10.5%. As a result of these high levels inflation, we had seen interest rates increased by central banks around the world. Take Australia. Between May 2022 and June 2023, we had 12 interest rate rises in 13 months, taking us from 0.1% to 4.1%, a historic rise. The good news is that by the end of the year, we've seen these interest rates have an effect and inflation is coming down. Australia is now at 4.9% in the 12 months to October. The USA back down to 3.2% in the 12 months to October And the UK down from their 10.5% at the start of the year To 4.6% in the 12 months to October However, we are not out of the woods yet Central banks around the world target 2 to 3% inflation So we may see some further interest rate rises To get us down to that target range
2: Tough to hear for many mortgage holders like yourself, Bryce Yes And speaking Speaking of mortgage holders, our second story is all about those people here in Australia. So, next up, it's co founder of Equity Mates, Alec Ranahan, to talk about our favorite topic, Australian house prices. I don't really need to ask this, but still, sell me. Why is this such a big story?
4: I think it's a big story because everyone cares about it, mm. and it's the big divining light in Australian society at the moment. You either own a house and you love the fact that house prices are getting higher and higher or you want to own a house and you don't and it's just misery after misery. <laughs> uh, I, so I think that's the first reason why it's such a big story. But the second reason is because it has moved so quickly. So, Mm. for context, house prices peaked in February 2022, but then it fell by about 5.5% across Australia by the end of 2022 and down about 8% in both Sydney and Melbourne. And that's how asset prices should move when interest rates rise. But despite Mm. interest rates continuing to rise at the start of 2023, house prices rebounded in a big way. Uh, according to Domain, in Sydney in the first half of 2023, the median house price was rising by $500 a day. They called it, quote, hyper growth. And also according to Domain, in their end-of-year wrap published last week, the median house price across all capital cities has reached a new all-time high, over a $1 million, $1.084 oh. million. Um, So despite interest rates rising further this year, house prices rebounded all the way and then some.
2: Alec, like, how does that keep happening? I mean, it defies like basic economic principles, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's a number of reasons. At, at its core, it's supply and demand. Uh, Australia had a big influx of migrants this year. The other reason is because house prices are rising so much, but rents are also rising so much—six point six percent in the past twelve months. Many renters are deciding to stretch themselves further and buy. As the gap between Mm -hmm. renting and buying closes, more renters decide to stretch themselves and I guess jump that gap. Currently, it takes the average Australian earning the median wage 14 years to save for the median house deposit and rising rents just make that harder.
2: Well, I'm not in the business of predictions, Alec, but I can safely say I think we're going to be talking about housing again in 2024. Next up, we have Alf, who's here to talk about one of my favourite stories of this year, and that's artificial intelligence. Alf, what do we need to know about this story?
5: Yeah, so AI has taken centre stage in 2023, obviously. I'm sure everyone's on board the AI hype train. (laughs) So it really started late last year with OpenAI launching ChatGPT. From there, we saw Google respond with Google Bard.
2: And... Interestingly, though, because you've just mentioned, you know, ChatGPT, Microsoft, Google, BARD, but the biggest company tied to AI has actually been NVIDIA.
5: That's right. So NVIDIA is the designer of chips that are critical to AI. Their in-demand H100 chips cost up to $40,000 and according to reports, the wait list is up to six months long. NVIDIA's share price is up more than 200% this year. Shares ending the day in the green, marking a nine-day win streak.
2: Oh, nice if you bought it right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Aside from writing me shopping lists and, you know, recipes of what's left in my fridge, what are some of the practical applications we've seen for AI this year?
5: So people are incorporating ChatGPT and Bard into their working lives. Microsoft has also launched their AI co-pilot, which will see OpenAI's AI being used by more than one billion Microsoft Office users. And of course, Equity Mates' Biz Nerdle puzzle game was also built by ChatGPT.
2: We'll make sure that we put a link in the show notes for that, Alf, just in case anyone hasn't got around the Biz hype train yet. But. Also, what made headlines in November was OpenAI embroiled in controversy after the board fired the co-founder and CEO, Sam Altman. It was a pretty dramatic weekend.
1: The company that gave us ChatGPT fired its CEO. Sam Altman, who has drawn comparisons to tech giants like Steve Jobs, was dismissed by the OpenAI board Friday. The move came as a complete surprise to everyone, including OpenAI's biggest investor, Microsoft. And it's all raising big questions about the future and safety of artificial intelligence.
5: Yeah, so he was fired on Friday and then rehired by Tuesday. It was a massive story for a weekend and then the world sort of moved on since then. One thing we haven't moved on from is a report around that time. Reuters reported that in the lead-up to Sam Altman's sackings, Quote, several staff researchers sent the board of directors a letter warning of a powerful artificial intelligence discovery that they said could threaten humanity. So that's pretty ominous.
2: Yeah, questions still out about that one at the moment. Pretty worrying stuff. Sounds like this plot of a sci-fi thriller, to be honest. I'm sure there's gonna be plenty more about that story in the coming year three stories down three to go let's take a break and then I'll be talking about miracle weight loss drugs the business of sport and the biggest corporate controversies of 2023 stay with me Welcome back to the dive. We're in our final episode of 2023 and recapping the biggest stories that we heard about this year. So far, we've covered interest rates and inflation, house prices, of course, and artificial intelligence. Next up, I've got Simon who's back and he's going to be talking to me about miracle weight loss drugs. This one made a splash this year, didn't it, Simon?
1: Hey, Sasha. Yes, in 2023, a little known Danish pharmaceutical company, Novo Nordisk, has become one of the most celebrated companies in the world with their diabetes come weight loss drug Ozempic. In October this year, the drug maker overtook LVMH as Europe's most valuable listed company. Amazing. Yes, the most valuable company in Europe. It's valued at over four hundred billion dollars now, and that means actually more valuable than the whole GDP of Denmark.
2: Whoa!
1: And really, has taken off in such a big way for one simple reason: it actually. Works. This is Ozempic. It's a drug approved by the FDA to manage type 2 diabetes. Maybe you've heard the jingle. Or maybe you've seen Ozempic in the news recently for another reason.
5: Weight loss. Weight loss. Easy weight loss. called diet drug miracle weight loss drug.
1: In a trial published in the New England Journal of Medicine, users lost around 15% of their body weight over 68 weeks compared to just 2.4% for the placebo control group.
2: And that's the secret, isn't it, Simon? The fact that this works has sparked what could be called a frenzy. The drug is hard to get. All around the world.
1: That's right. And in Australia, the TGA, they've reported that they expect shortages to last well into next year.
2: Wow. Are any other pharmaceutical companies looking to fill the void? Because it seems like the natural next step, right?
1: Absolutely, they are. They all want a piece of this pie. <laughs> Eli Lilly, Pfizer, they've both got their own versions in various stages of clinical trials. And in fact, just this week, Eli Lilly, they announced their weight loss drug. It's called Zep Band. Oh. That was approved for patient use in the US.
2: Meanwhile, there's lots of companies as varied from medical devices to fast food that are now suffering a bit of a sell-off from investors who are worried about what's been called the Ozempic effect.
1: Indeed. And listeners of the Equity Mates Investing podcast, they would have been hearing all about this Companies in seemingly unrelated sectors have felt this ripple effect of a success. So in Australia, probably the most publicized one is ResMed. They make sleep apnea devices. They saw its share price tumble by around a third amid concerns that the weight loss could reduce the need for their products. And in the US, companies like Krispy Kreme, Coca-Cola, they've also felt the heat. Investors are worried that these weight loss drugs actually lead to lower demand for treats and beverages.
2: And Simon, as they say, the shortage is expected to continue well into 2024, so this is a story that I don't think is going anywhere fast. Let's turn to the business of sport now, and I've got James who's going to be taking me through the biggest story in sports this year. It's Saudi Arabia. Now, James, this isn't a country that's synonymous with Olympic gold. Why are they suddenly the biggest name in sports?
6: No, Sasha, certainly not Olympic gold, but maybe gold. Now, Saudi Arabia possesses the world's second largest oil reserves and is the largest exporter of crude oil. And the kingdom is now using its vast oil wealth to dominate world sport. Mm -hmm. Since 2021, Saudi Arabia has spent at least $6.3 billion in sports deals more than quadruple the previous amount spent over a six-year period.
2: And this year, James, it completed its takeover of world golf after merging its breakaway professional golf league, Live Golf, with the PGA.
6: It did, Sasha. Now, it's also made a number of moves in professional soccer. Uh, This year, it's bought the EPL team Newcastle United for $409 US dollars. It's also importing some of the biggest names in world football to the Saudi Domestic League, including Neymar and Cristiano Ronaldo and they're spending huge amounts. For example, Ronaldo signed a two and a half year deal and will earn 315 million Australian dollars per season. Ronaldo's salary is the highest in football history, around $206 million a year, which boils down to $25,000 an hour, $7 every second.
2: Nice work if you can get it, hey.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Now, finally, Saudi Arabian club Al-Halal submitted a world record bid for the French captain, Kylian Mbappe, understood to be worth 300 million euros or almost 500 million Aussie dollars. Whoa. Now, beyond high-profile acquisitions, Saudi Arabia has also hosted a suite of major sporting events like the Formula 1 Grand Prix and the Dakar Rally as well as a mega bout between Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou.
2: So James, why do you think Saudi Arabia has decided to put so much investment into sports?
6: Yeah, great question, Sasha. Saudi Arabia is explaining these investments as part of their broader vision to diversify its economy away from oil. Mm -hmm. However, these moves have sparked controversy and debate around the world over the potential for sports washing and human rights concerns.
2: What next then? What's next for Saudi Arabia?
6: Well, Sasha, reports are that they're setting their sights on cricket next. And they've already been speaking Mm. to the Indian Cricket Board of Control about partnering up Alongside this, they also recently won the hosting rights to the 2034 FIFA World Football Cup and apparently also have their sights set on tennis. So keep an eye out for that session.
2: Wow, their pocketbook is certainly still open. So let's see whether that money rolls in in 2024. Thanks, James. We're closing out this episode with some of the biggest corporate scandals or missteps of the year. To take me through the top three, making her annual appearance on the dive, it's M. M-M. M. Welcome. Tell me who we're watching. Hello. Yes. There were three companies that
3: topped the list this year Qantas, WeWork, and X, formerly known as Twitter.
2: Yeah, you have to say that, don't you? Let's start though with Qantas. Australia's National
3: Airline took misstep after misstep this year, mm-hmm. from mishandling COVID-era refunds to ACCC accusations that the airline sold tickets for flights it had actually already cancelled, to claims of government protectionism after Qatar Airways had their request to put on more domestic flights blocked. It was a very bad year for the airline. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> and it all culminated in some heated parliamentary hearings and ultimately the early resignation of CEO Alan Joyce. Qantas Group CEO Alan Joyce has advised the airlines board he will bring forward his retirement by two months. His retirement will take effect immediately.
4: The public pressure has become so much that he's actually finishing up today. Vanessa Hudson takes over as chief executive effectively tomorrow. So Alan Joyce is definitely not going out the way that he wanted after a 15 year career as Qantas chief executive.
2: Let's turn next to what became one of my favourite podcasts, We Crashed, but WeWork finally saw its demise this year as well, didn't it?
3: Yeah, this one's been coming for a while. The co-working space company, which was once valued at $47 billion, mm. saw its share price collapse as it struggled to keep its offices full and pay its leases. Mm-hmm. The share price at the start of the year was $56, but today it is 38 cents. The Ooh. company is bankrupt. That's so painful. <laughs> I know. At its peak, it raised money at $47 billion valuation, but today the market values it at
2: $20 million. Wow that's pretty painful. Finally, speaking of painful, the continued unraveling and the never ending story of Elon Musk. What's happened there? Yes, whether you love him or hate him, it was November last
3: year that Elon walked into Twitter's offices holding a sink, which may have been a metaphor in more ways than Elon meant.
2: Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? (laughs) It
3: is. Fast forward a year and he's renamed it to X. He's fired more than 80% of the staff and seen revenue fall by more than half. He even told the Disney CEO, Bob Iger, to go F himself in a public interview.
0: Go f*** yourself.
5: (laughs) Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey,
0: Bob.
3: Yeah, not smooth. (laughs) But the most important metric is users, and reports are X's users are down about 15%. That will be the metric
2: to watch out for as we enter 2024. Yeah, it certainly will. It's been like watching a slow motion car crash, if you ask me, but there we go. Thanks so much for that wrap up, Em. No
3: worries, Sasha. Can't wait to be on the podcast again this time next year.
2: <laughs> yeah. And a huge thank you to you for choosing to listen to us in 2023. It's been an absolute joy to have your company. If you're stuck for listening over the break while the dive goes on hiatus, do make sure that you check out the rest of the Mates stable. We have a summer series on equity Mates that's kicking off on the 8th of Jan and it's going to be 12 deep dives on all these different stocks. And over on Get Started Investing, if your New Year's resolution is to fix up your finances, we've the perfect six-part series to see you into the new year. New year, new me, no excuses. We'll be there holding your hand the whole way through. Thank you so much for listening